Rabbi Sai, a good Erev Shabbos. Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Parshas Vayigash, Tov Shin Pei Gimel. Erev Shabbos Kodesh, we're holding in the first week of the month of Tevis. As we like to say, Tevis will play on words, even though it's a month which we don't have any Yom Tevim, and there's a, a, a tiny that's coming on, and there are days which are difficult and dark days, but we like to look at the Tevis we like to look at the good things, and that's what we try to do in this podcast, to try to look at the good things that we can get chizik from, from the parsha. So this week, we are still in the aura, the light of the Yemei Hanukkah, because in the beginning of the week, we finished off the last two days of Hanukkah. Monday was the last day of Hanukkah, was Yom Shmini. And um, we still feel those lights of Hanukkah where we were zaycha to say halal and to say shevach v'haydoya to the Rabbanu Shalom. I think that you know every year I take a look at the parish and I try to learn out differently mudim. And I think this year we're going to take a different tact, a different outlook on the 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 main theme we want to try to bring out from this year's podcast is to look at the chesed of Hakadosh Baruch to look at the goodness and the kindness that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives every single Yid in every single generation. And that's what we should learn from the Parshish. So first I want to start out with a, with a, um, with a, a cute vart that, uh, when I say a cute vart, it's a really cute vart. I call it the cookie, the cookie vart. A year ago, I was to be in Miami Beach, Florida around this time of the year. And uh, I went to a shul, and it was Parshas Vayigash. I learned together with, uh, went to Davin, and to learn after Davin with one of the Neriakov Talmudim, Joel Kleiner. And as we were sitting there after Davin, there was an elder Yid, an older Jew that came over to us. You could see he had an accent from the way he spoke. And he said to us, do you want a coffee? Do you like a coffee? Like he was a Yid who wanted to do chesed. So we said, for sure, we'd love a cup of coffee. He says, do you want a cookie? You want a cookie too? So it was like a cute, you know, accent. So we, you know, we smiled and said, for sure, this year you'd want to give us something. So we said, you know, give us a, sure. And he made a cup of coffee and he brought some cookies, I guess, that they had there in the shul. And we made a bracha. And then I said to him, where does you come from? So he said, from Satmer. He's a Satmer Chassid. And he himself was a Holocaust survivor. And I asked if he had anything that he knows can say over from the Satmar Rebbe. So he said on this week's Parsha, Parsha Vayigash, he said over a, a cute vart that he heard from the Satmar Rebbe. He said that he had a friend of his that learned in Satmar that was together with him in Yeshiva. And he was a big Lamdan, this friend. And he decided that he was really enamored by the Lamdas, the deep insights of the Litvisha world. And he decided to leave the Satmar Yeshiva and to go in those days to Beis HaTalmud. Beis HaTalmud was a yeshiva that was founded by the great Oblate Malin and the, all the Alta mirrors that were there and uh, that went through Shanghai. And it was a very, it was a place that they learned Be'i and Mamash Gomor. It went very, very slowly, but they Mamash, you know, you, they didn't leave anything go unturned. And he became Mamash Talmud over there in Beis Talmud. It was an interesting phenomena, a Satmar Chassid learning in Beis Talmud. And after a while, you know, he went home back to Williamsburg, for, maybe for Yom Tov. And um, maybe Sukkis it was, and he went over to the Rebbe, and the Rebbe said, no, 
Vigetos in, 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 by the by the How's it going by the litvisher? He says, Oh, he said, oh, it's mama so geschmack, it's so geschmack, so wonderful. So he said to him, Where da are you holding? So he said, We're holding that base, I'm at base. So the Rebbe, like, retorted, That's where you're holding? You learn, you, the Bamba doesn't learn up anything. You know, you have to you have to learn up Bikiyas. The Derech of the Hasidim is to learn up Bikiyas and to get a big hekif. And here you're fetching. And he said, you're like, you know, it was, a, it was a line that he said, he said like a sharp retort about, you know, the people that just are sitting on a, on a number, that's not the way to learn. So the Hasid was a sharp person. He said, the Rebbe knew, the Rebbe has a right, that's the derech. So he says, yeah, from the Heintika Parsha, in Parsha's Vayigash, it says, we know that, uh, it says, at the end of the Parsha, it says, after Yaakov Avinu uh, and Yosef finally meet, it says, Ves Yehuda Shalach Lofanov. He sent Yehuda in front of him. And Rashi says, why did he send Yehuda? He sent Yehuda down to Mitzrayim earlier in order to build a base hara, to build a base of Medrash, to build the yeshiva. So the Rebbe asks, why did he have to send Yehuda? Yosef was there. Yosef was a Talmud Chacham. Yosef learned. And uh, he should have just told him, sent a message to Yosef, that Yosef should establish the yeshiva. Just in a Maimra Muska, I saw brought down from Reb Chaim Kanievsky, we'll go off on a tangent for a second. Reb Chaim Kanievsky asked a different kasha. The people asked him that you could have sent Levi or Yisachar. Levi is, it says, they're the ones that teach Torah, and Yisachar is the Chamor Gomer, is a, is a, is a Chamor. He's also the big Masvid. Why did he send Dafka Yehuda? So Reb Chaim Kanievsky said the reason why he sent Yehuda is because you could be a great Lamdan. You can, you can be a person who knows a little bit, but you have to, in order to build a yeshiva, you have to have a bechinus of a melech. You have to have a person who really knows how to establish a makam Torah. Establishing a makam Torah needs a lot of different talents. It's not just the lumdus which is needed, for sure. A person has to be a tamachacham in order to establish a yeshiva. But you need to have the bechinus of malchus. Malchus is to have everything set and put into order. That's what Reb Chaim Kinevsky says in the Gea to Yehuda and the other brothers. But Satmar Rebbe said, why Dafka Yehuda? Why didn't he send Yosef? Yosef is ready to send out anybody. <coughs> so he said, the answer is what it says in the beginning of the parasha. When, Yehuda, when Yosef finally reveals himself to the brothers and he sends back a message, go back and tell our father that I'm alive. And he sends back the Agolas. And Rashi says, why did he send back the Agolas? Because he wanted to reveal to Yaakov that the last sugi that they learned was the sugi of Egla Rufa. And it says, Yaakov was very happy. Yaakov was able to, and Yaakov became alive because until that point, the Shekhinah had left him. So the Rebbe said that Yaakov, it could be Yaakov, he was happy that he was alive. But he said, what, Yaakov, Yosef, he's only still holding by the same sugya of Egla Rufa. He hasn't gone weiter. That's the last thing that he remembers. He has, he, nothing else that he was mechadish. He says, no, I can't have Yosef being the Rosh Hashiva. I have to have someone that's learning Viter, that learns Bikiyas, that learns up. This Yehuda Shalchavan. I said Yehuda because Yehuda didn't, Yehuda didn't just sit on the same blot. That's what he retorted to this particular to this particular um, Yeshiva Bacher that had gone on to base Talmud. As I said, it was Apidar Chatzachos. And as we like to mention, this is the the cookie story on this week's parish and Parshas Vayigash. But as we said before, we always try to look at the, the events that take place in the world, and we try to establish and to bring out some chizik from the from the parsha. So when we speak about the events of this week, so for sure, as we said, in the Ruch Nistika world, we still had 
Rosh Chaydesh Vat, we had the Yom Tif of of Hanukkah that the lights the aura which is still with within us, and that also has a, 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 a connection to this week's parsha as we'll soon see. But we saw in the physical world it was a tremendous snowstorm, and we say tremendous snowstorm really you know you, you have to use this term a tremendous snowstorm it's really to say once in a lifetime snowstorm in North America, especially in the Buffalo area and places near there. And many, many people died. When we say many people died, you know, we take a look at it as a snowstorm and there's accidents and people die. We don't realize these are really events which HaKadosh Baruch was constructing. And Chafetz Chaim always said, the Rebbe Hashem doesn't do anything for naught. Everything is for Klal Yisrael. Hakob Mineshamayim. And we have to be misayrer. We ourselves have to arouse ourselves that there's some frozen tundra to some frozenness, freezing cold that's in the world because HaKadosh Baruch is telling us that perhaps we're not warm enough, we're not warm enough and we have to be ma'ayur ourselves and for sure a person, we don't know the exact reasons why but this, for sure there's so many things we have to better to make ourselves better in. In Eretz Yisrael we saw in the physical world that we were just yesterday a new government went in, came into power Bibi Netanyahu is now the prime minister for the sixth time, and he put together a coalition which includes the Datiyim and Achenu Acharedim, both the Sfardim and the Ashkenazim, are now back in the government. And we would look at it and look at it favorably, and we hope and we pray that everything should be done properly. But we know the whole purpose is in order to bring out the Kvot Shemayim. And we have to daven for that, that there should be siyat to the Shemayim, that this government should be a strong government. And the enemies that we have around us and surround us, unfortunately, they don't necessarily stop their dastardly attacks, both physically, and we have to recognize, we have to daven that this government should have success. And I think that's an important ingredient, an important message. Vayigash, they say the Lashon Vayigash is the Lashon of Tefillah, Rabbi said, the first thing about this week's parish is Rabbi said, we have to have tefillah. And we want to get chizuk, as we said before. So the first thing of the chizuk is just the general sense, this we already said in previous years, is the reconciliation of the brothers. Ache Yosef, finally Yosef, it reels himself to the brothers and they kiss and they hug. And uh, this is a message that the most, most important thing is for us to have achdus. And we said over interesting Vart in previous years, I want to mention it again because it's from the Alta from Kellum, that when Yosef finally reveals himself, so before he reveals himself, he's holding himself back. Yosef says, and he quickly kicks out anybody else that was there. And Rashi explains, why was there no one else that was there? So Rashi explains, he didn't want to have the, the Mitzrayim there because they would listen to the embarrassment that was going to take place when he was going to reveal himself to his brothers. He didn't want that his brothers should be embarrassed. So therefore, he sent the Mitzrayim out. It was only him and the brothers. And he gives out a tremendous cry. Everyone hears it all the way to the base pyro. And Yosef says the famous words, which we'll discuss in a second. Yosef, he reveals himself. And it says, It says they weren't able to answer him. And Rashi says, why? Why were they like astounded? 
because of the embarrassment. They saw Yosef, this brother that they had sold down, sold out, that they almost killed 22 years beforehand. And now they saw that everything we'll soon see in more detail came to fruition, what Yosef had originally said in the original Chaloim, and they were embarrassed. The Yatif and Kelim says, on one hand, we see that Yosef was very, very careful about the embarrassment of his brothers. He didn't want to do it in front of the public. On the other hand, we see that he does embarrass them. So what is it? You know, you're supposed to embarrass so The Yatif and Kelim says, we see from over here that even when it comes to reconciliation, reconciliation does not mean that a person that people that harmed other people, the people that hurt other people, people caused people to have bad feelings for whatever reason it was, they did damage another person. Damages is something that have to be retracted and they have to be fixed up. When there's hezek, so it has to be tashlumen. And the only way to have tashlumen is to really, to discuss it in reality, in real time, and not to hide it. But the only thing is, you don't necessarily have to go beyond that. You don't have to destroy a person. And you have to do it in a way that it should be constructive. It should be reconciliation. It should be reconstructive. And this is a tremendous lesson in our own lives. As we know, that there's sometimes there's discord between, it could be friends, it could be, uh, it could be not just enemies, but it could be family members. And sometimes you have people that they harbor such, um, such ill feelings towards their own family members or their own friends, and they don't realize how much it's important for us to look for peace and to look for shalom. But when we look for peace and we look for shalom, it doesn't mean we're mevater completely on the things, the harsh things that took place. But we look for the right time and the right place and the right avenue, sometimes the right shliach, in order for us to be able to see clearly what the... Um, what the what can be done to rectify things, but we do it in a proper fashion. The Chafetz Chaim says a geval de gevort. Chafetz Chaim says we see from over here. Yosef said two words, and the Yosef, and these two words they made such a light in the in the eyes of the brothers. The brothers until that time they really had no idea that this was Yosef. They had gone through twenty two years. And the decision that they had made 22 years beforehand was something that they felt very strongly was the proper one. But now they come down to Egypt to look for their brother, as they said, as Rashi said in the past week's parasha. And there's so much uh, distress the way Yosef treats them and he's misnacker to them. And then the whole story that happened in last week's parasha with Binyamin and Shimon being put into jail. Being put into jail. So... And now going back to Yaakov and Yaakov really being so distraught, so much service that they went through. And all of a sudden, there's a clarity of a moment when Yosef says two words. What are those two words? Ani Yosef. And all of a sudden, everything was cleared up. All of a sudden, they saw clearly, oh, this is what Yosef originally had said, that he's going to be the Melech. And now he tells us, Ani Yosef, and he tells them quickly. First, he gives them a retort, as we said. But the main thing is, he says, quickly come to me. And he hugs them. And he says, the reason why I was brought here was to be a lefneichem. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to take care of Klai Yisrael. And this is the reason why Kodesh Baruch wanted this to happen in such a fashion. And he has no tainers against them. So all of a sudden, things became crystal clear. And this is what happens sometimes in life. Sometimes in life, we have to wait 
till the right moment to see the chesed of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And the Chafetz Chaim adds on that La'asid Lavei, when Mashiach Tzidkenu will come, there will be also two words that will be said. What are those two words? The two words, Ani Hashem, I am Hashem. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to reveal himself in all of his glory. And then things are going to become crystal clear. What does it mean they're going to become crystal clear? It's going to become apparent that all of the tsarists that went, went, went through lifetime spans, the history of the Jewish people, everything will become clear to us. There won't be any questions. The chesed of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is mamish beyond, and it's something that we have to recognize. This is what we have to have a munah and belief in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. No matter when things are dark, no matter when things are down, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the one that's in charge. And I saw brought down a vart that from Rebbe Eliel Diskin, one of the great Hamid HaKadosh of here, he says that, what do we say before Kriyashma? We say in Kriyashma, we say, Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. And that's really what Yaakov Avinus says when he comes down to Yosef. He recounts Kriyashma. Because now Yaakov Avinu was able to see all of the goodness that was a that HaKadosh Baruch really had in store, and he's makabal himself, O Malchus But what do we say before we say Kriyashba? Before we say the words Hashem Echad, we, we're mocked them with the Birchas Kriyashba. The Birchas Kriyashba, we say, we say Avas Olam, or Avarabba. Avas Olam, we speak about the great love that HaKadosh Baruch has, and he chose us from all the nations, and he gave us Lom Adalame, Lishma Velasas, the kind of called Divi Zalmatur and he, 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 all of these different things. And then before we say the creation, the, the we say, Because Baruch chose his nation, all of this is in order that a Yid should somehow recognize that everything that Kodesh Baruch does for us is for good. And then we, ourselves, we say, We accept upon ourselves the actus of Kodesh Baruch that no matter what, in this world, is Hashem Elokeinu, it might look like Bidus Adin, but in the future it's going to be Hashem Echad, we're going to see that all of the Nisim that HaKadosh Baruch has in store for us. I have to say that last night, the Yeshiva, we had a tremendous event, we were Zaychet, to a Sefer Torah that was given to Yeshiva Teres Yaakov, which is run by my son Dovber, and Rav Dovber, and we had a tremendous, tremendous Simcha, really, the person that donated the Sefer Torah is a Yid that was born in South Africa and now lives in England part of the time. Now he lives, I think he might have made Aliyah and moved here to, 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 to Eretz Yisrael. His name is Dr. Hamburg, Hamburger. And he's friendly with Rabbi Shane Shlita, who really is the person that directs the yeshiva and is the manawa of the yeshiva. And he has a lot of schusim for helping to make sure that the yeshiva runs. He's the Yehuda Shalach Lofanov. He's the Melech. And he, Dr. Hamburger, when he spoke, he spoke about why the Sefer Torah was given. It was really an outpouring of a lot of, of um, Talmudim from the yeshiva, and we danced, and we finished the Sefer Torah, we brought it to the yeshiva, we brought, able to move into the, bring it to the base medrash, and we danced, and then there was a big suda. And he spoke about the fact that when he was born in South Africa, his parents were not religious. His father and his mother somehow got through the Holocaust they were born in, he was born in, in Belgium, his father was born, and somehow, without knowing how, a whole long story, I can't go through the whole story, but he ended up being brought to Miz, uh, Mozambique, and eventually to 
Johannesburg, and he was the only person that we remembered that remained from his whole family. He never had a Jewish education. And there was a very hurtful episode took place that when he was bar mitzvah, they wanted him to have a bar mitzvah in the, one of the big shuls, and he didn't, he didn't go to yeshiva, didn't have a Jewish education, but he knew a bar mitzvah was something that was important. And for some reason at that time, the shuls were so, uh, I would say, stubborn and perhaps cruel is the only way to describe it. Because his family did not have money, they didn't allow him to have a bar mitzvah in the shul. And this hurt him for the rest of his life. He never, ever had a Jewish education. He didn't even have a bar mitzvah. And the son was very emotional. He spoke about it. And he said, eventually, how he himself became, as a college student, he got affiliated with Or Sameach. And Rabbi Shane was one of the people that brought him close to Yiddishkeit. That's why he has a chorus to Rabbi Shane. And he dedicated. Now he himself is not only a Shomer Torah Mitzvah, but all of his family are Shomer Torah Mitzvah. And he said that his father, even though he had this hurtful event that took place when he was a Bar Mitzvah boy, but he always kept his Jewish identity. And that was important to him. And even when they had an opportunity, it became a little bit wealthy and he was able to move to a neighborhood and it wasn't Jewish. He says, no, we're not going to move to that neighborhood. I have, we have to be around Jews. And he moved to a neighborhood where there were Jewish people and he made sure that his kids did get a, a not a cheder, but they had like a Sunday school and they had a bar mitzvah. And eventually now all of the grandchildren and great-grandchildren are all from the Jewish identity. And I think that, you know, the, the, the message is that the nest of a particular family and how it was put together, and he felt, he felt how important it is that it should be given to this yeshiva because Ateris Yaakov, similar to Ner Yaakov, is a type of yeshiva that we care about each individual student and we recognize how each yid is important and every single one of us has to recognize the nisim v'niflos. And I think it's such an important thing Every, if every single one of us would recognize how important the chesed of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is to us. And in the week where we still have the halal resounding in our ears, I said over a word from Rabbi Aaron Leib that we say, And then we say, And then we say, And the question is, why do we have to pronounce that every single particular group has to say, Every Yid has to say, So Baron Leib says a word that the greater a person's hakara, his person's understanding of the, of the greatness of what HaKadosh Baruch Hu does for him, he has a higher appreciation for the chesed of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So there's a general obligation for everybody. There's a, there's a Yisrael concept, and then there's a Kayan concept. On the highest level is a person that's a fear of God, and he sees in every single act how there is a chesed of a Kodesh Baruch Hu. Rabbi Isai, this is a, a great message, I, th- I think is linked to in this week's parsha. Yaakov Avinu comes down, and what does he do? He says, I want to praise a Kodesh Baruch Hu. He's going to meet his son. What's he doing? He doesn't kiss him. He doesn't hug him. What, it only says that Yosef hugged and kissed him. What does he do? He says, Kriyashma. And the morale, famous morale, the morale says, from here we learn out a great lesson. We learn, we learn out that when a person is about to have the chasidim, their madrega, when they're about to have the most important thing 
the love that Yaakov had for his son. And Yaakov even said to himself, after 22 years, I'm going to see my son Yosef. What am I going to do with that love? Is it just going to be a personal gratification for myself? Or am I going to be able to lift this up and to take that love and say, HaKadosh Baruch you're the one that allowed me to have this love. Therefore, I want to dedicate this Ava to you. And therefore, that's what he did. He said Kriyashma at that time. He said the words Hashem Echad. He saw the goodness and the, 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 the glory of HaKadosh Baruch He saw the Chesed. Now he recognized everything that took place within his life was only an aspect of what? Of being allowed to come to this point. The Tikkunai Zayar says, when a person says Kriyashma, he brings on the Pasuki, Aza Kamaisa Ava. There's a tremendous love. And when, it, when, when Kla Yisrael says these words, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, and expresses Ava Takarish Baruch like Yaakov Avinu, then what we're doing is we're showing that really HaKadosh Baruch is with us at all times. Um, this week's, I mentioned that it was Reb Chaim Shvalevitz's yard site. It was his 45th yard site, my Rebbe. And Reb Chaim, he went through the Golas of Shanghai. And when he was in Shanghai, he had to run the yeshiva. He was the Yehuda Sholach Lachonov. And there was a lot of money that was sent a whole story how the money was sent through the uh, political, um, they had somehow diplomatic ways of getting it through the, the I think it was the Swiss consulate, but the Japanese, them were anti the Americans, and they, they at that point, Shanghai was under the Japanese, and the um, they tried to always find out how the yeshiva is being supported, because it was against the law to have American dollars, and they interrogated Reb Chaim time after time. And one of the last times they took him up to the third floor, which was the place where they said the most cruel place, Reb Chaim was macabre himself, three things. And some of the things were that he said that if he'll get out of here, I'll make sure that his children should grow up to be Talmud HaChachamim, which he was Zoycheh to, and that his daughters should be Zoycheh to marry to marry them off to Talmud HaChachamim. And the third thing is that he doesn't want to have any involvement in the monetary issues which when he came to Eretz Yisrael, his brother-in-law, Rebbein Shfinkel, he was the one that ran the economic things, and he was very, very thankful to him. And he always expressed, HaKar that was Reb Chaim always said, HaKar HaToiv, Rabbi Say Chesed Hashem, that's what this week's parasha is all about. And when we see in the midst of the Golos, the Meshachachma says, we'll say one last word, and then we'll tie it in together. The Meshachachma says, why is it that in this week's parasha, HaKadosh Baruch reveals himself to Yaakov Avinu Balayla. We don't find by any of the others that HaKadosh Baruch revealed himself Balayla. And the answer the Meshachach says is, is that Yaakov Avinu, as we always say, is the quincentennial Golas Jew. He's in the Chayshech of the Golas. He's in the darkness. He's in the middle of the snowstorms. He's in the middle of where things are not clear, where things are look difficult, and there's all kinds of tsaras that go on, go on through the Cheshchas HaGolas. But Yaakov Avinu, he held clear and he sees the Chesed Hashem. And HaKadosh Baruch is telling him, I'm going to be with you. It says that when HaKadosh Baruch took um, <coughs> Kla Yisrael into Bavel, it says, HaKadosh Baruch is with us. We see it today. Take a look at the world today. In the middle of the Chesh Chesagolos, I was sitting next, yesterday next to a Rav, Rabbi Roberts, originally from England, he was the Rav of this Dr. Hamburger, and he's now in the 
not the chief rabbi, one of the main rabbis in Berlin, Germany, and he's taking care of over 100 families. And there's so many issues that we discussed what he goes through. These are the Cheshchas HaGolos. We are in the last remnants, the Ikvas of the Meshicha. But we recognize this week's Parsha, Parsha's Vayigash. We're getting close to Vayichi, we're getting close to the end of the Sefer Bereshis. We recognize that in the midst of the Cheshchas HaGolos, there's always Chesed Hashem. The Chesed Hashem from the beginning of the Parsha, throughout the entire Parsha, and the most important thing is, is the fact that Yehuda gives us the message that no matter where we are in the Golos, to be connected to a Makam Torah, to be connect, connected to the Bata Midrashas and the Bata Kedusiyas. Last night, one of the boys said to me afterwards, said, Rebbe, I think I thought of a little pshat, just like we were Zaycha, to be Machnas with such Simcha, the new Sefer Torah into the Heichal, into the Aran HaKadosh of the Yeshiva, we should all be Zaycha to be Machnas the Torah into our Heichal, into our hearts. And I think that that's a great message we want to give a, a final message for this week's parsha. Parsha's Vayigash is the fact to be mesaper the nisim flows, to remember all the good things that Hakadosh Baruch does for us. And sometimes we don't see it all the time. There are tzaros that go on, but in the midst of the cheshchas agolus, what do we say? We exclaim Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad, and we recognize that eventually we're going to see the Yeshuas. I want to give everybody a bracha. This week should be a bracha, bracha dika week. We should be zaycha that the fast day that comes upon us should turn into a yontif. We should be zaycha that all of Klaiso will be zaycha to the coming of Mashiach Tzidkenu, the Meher of Yemenu Amen. Wishing everyone a wonderful Shabbos. Thank you very much for listening. We want to thank jfoundations.com. If you could sponsor any of our activities, be another way of addressing and being able to give over Torah to other people. Go on the website and show your support. Thank you very much for joining us.